We have blood, gore, and not much more. Today's review on Stop Reading That is Raw Virus, the sequel to Yuck. Hey, welcome back to Stop Reading That. Today I have Raw Virus. This is a review that I have been meaning to get to for a while, and it just hasn't happened. Now, as I mentioned in the introduction, Raw Virus is sort of the sequel to the zine Yuck, which I reviewed a while ago. If you remember Yuck, it was a short photocopied zine that came out in the late 80s when it was put out by a fellow named Nigel Bartlett in England. And Nigel Bartlett took some time off after doing Yuck and came out with Raw Virus. And, you know, why don't I just let him tell it to you in his own words? This is the first editorial in Raw Virus number one says, well, hello again. Remember me? I'm the chap who used to churn out that little rag which dealt with ultra-gore movies. Yuck. It has certainly been a long time since I last wrote anything to do with horror films or anything connected with them. In fact, it has been too long. My original zine was just a small tip sheet type thing with no lush covers or anything. Just a few bits of photocopied paper with some awful reviews and shitty pictures, in most cases. However, this rag proved to be immensely, to me anyhow, popular, and by issue number four, I was getting 20 letters a week tops. Meantime, I also got a job in an insurance broker, and this really began to take its toll on me, and I struggled to get issue five out. I managed, and it was my most successful issue yet. However, after number five, I went into a state of decay and became what I consider to be a recluse from the horror circuit preferring to idle my time, inconstructively getting drunk and going to gigs. I blame GBH's infectious albums. If you don't know who GBH is, that's a band called Grievous Bodily Harm. But soon after I tired of that and went on to do nothing until I received a few zines through the door, and Christ, I was jealous. So come November 16th, I splashed out on a brand new typewriter. Well, it was my 18th birthday and went home, watched my favorite videotapes, made notes, and thought of doing a new fanzine much better than Yuck. Don't get me wrong, I love doing Yuck, but if I'm honest with myself, I must admit that I could have done a lot better, and to prove this, I came up with Raw Virus. I'm quite pleased with the way things have turned out in this issue, and I hope you lot will enjoy it. I take this opportunity to thank you all for your support with Yuck, and also to apologize sincerely for not keeping in touch with people. In particular, John Martin, who, was, who, has, who has continued to help, and so was Gordon Finlayson, John Goolidge, and he goes over and gives some names and gives some acknowledgments. But this is where Nigel Bartlett comes back. And, you know, before I get into the meat of the review... This is just really refreshing. It's really nice to read Raw Virus, just as it was really nice to read Yuck. 
this is not an insider writing this. This is not somebody who has a bunch of connections within the industry. Uh, this isn't somebody who... This isn't really made to sell things other than the zine. This is just a straight-up, honest-to-God, old-fashioned fanzine. This is... Remember, this guy is 18 years old when he's making this. So he was probably 16 or 17 when he made Yuck and started selling it in comic book shops. And just that alone makes me feel like this is something that is worth reading. So just off the top, when it comes to raw virus, I will say that like Yuck, it... The writing is not great. It is littered with spelling and grammatical errors. The, the pictures that he uses are poorly photocopied, so a lot of times it's hard to even tell what's happening in them. But like with Yuck, like with Mentally Penetrated by an Acid Enema, it's the sort of just energy and joy and passion that goes into raw virus that makes it really enjoyable. And as before, Nigel Bartlett still focuses on extreme gore with a heavy or a heavy emphasis on Italian horror. And it's not all Italian horror, but Italy is very well represented in raw virus for the main reason that Italy used to be where sort of the uh, goriest films were coming out of. And I'll read you part of a review for a uh, movie called House on the Edge of the Park. And this is a 1979 film. It says, uh, Sweetly, oh sweetly, wails the high-pitched voice of some Italian singer accompanied by the elegant piano playing of Riz Ortolani. David Hess, looking no different from seven years earlier in Last House on the Left, drives along a road on the outskirts of a large illuminated city. He spies a young girl in her sports car and attempts to get her to pull over. When he gets no success, he pulls up sharply in front of her as she tries to travel around a bend and causes her to skid violently. Hess gets out of his car and opens the car to the... or <laughs> typo. Opens the door to the girl's car. Inside is a petrified young girl, alone and vulnerable, typical Hess fodder. Well, hello, pretty girl, exclaims Hess, batting his eyelids furiously. You remember me at the discotheque? Of course the girl doesn't, so old Creepface rapes her, which was what he was going to do anyway, and strangles her. And so begins Deodato's vicious masterpiece, a film so obviously inspired by Craven's Last House, and even employing the same male lead Hess, I think Deodato would be the first to admit that his film borrows from Craven's vile shocker. Where these similarities start, they also end. Deodato's film is far more excessive in terms of sadism and humiliation, but at the same time the film is much more accessible than Craven's picture. In Last House, the villains outnumbered the victims, but in this, uh, pardon me, in this film, the victims outnumber the aggressors. Deodato also manipulates the craven ideology of bringing terror and pain to one's home, a place normally equated with safety and peace of mind, unless you live in my house. 
The idea of the victims outnumbering the villain is used to good effect with Hess being required to turn in a convincing performance, which he does so with comparative ease. In a recent issue of Deep Red, he explained that to play a role of someone with so much hate inside them was not that hard. He just thought about his past life and all the bad things that had happened to him, then he would just let out all the frustration while he was acting. In effect, he is playing a little of his own personality as well as that of a rapist. And I think you can grasp just by listening to that why Nigel Bartlett's tone works so well. After all, he's talking about movies in which absolutely horrific things happen and in which we would obviously be outraged were that to happen in real life. But at the same time, these are movies that satisfy some very strange thing in a lot of us. And I think that the tone sets a very helpful reminder that this is all just entertainment. Now, Raw Virus is naturally pretty heavy on movie reviews. There is also a, or at least the first issue has a zine review section, and it has a nice long article on the Italian actor Giovanni Radice, who you can apparently see committing all sorts of different acts of crime on film, along with getting hacked to pieces. There is a very nice write-up on bad 1970s horror film called I Was a 30-Year-Old Teenage Chlorophyll Stomper, which is a great title for an article. Now, the second issue of Raw Virus took almost a year to come out. And being that each issue is only about 20 pages, I can only guess at what was going on in Nigel Bartlett and the other uh, writers' lives. But it contains a lot of the same stuff. It's got a write-up on three of the Faces of Death movies. It's got a write-up on an Italian film called, and pardon my pronunciation, Le Swastika del Nel Ventre. Le Swastika Nel Ventre. Okay. That is a 1976-1977 Italian film. Uh, the English translation of the title is uh, either The Beast in Heat or SS Hill, Hell, Hell Camp. Pardon me. Uh, <laughs> it says, Horrifying experiments in the last days of the SS, declared the ad line. Or if you were to follow the optic on the screen, horrifying. In the wake of Don Edmonds' totally abhorrent Ilsa series and followed by Sergio Garone's equally sexist and racist Nazi films. Uh, something in German. I can't, sorry, I can't even read it. This one, under the Teutonic-sounding pseudonym of I Ivan Katansky, crawled out of the woodwork to deviate and corrupt, not to mention make a fast buck, the cinema and video viewing public with this sadistic and claustrophobic excuse for a gore film. Nazi death camps were very real, and any profit that can be made from the victim's misery is in bad taste. But then when they are made as cheaply and ineptly as this one, they lose all ability to revile and sicken the viewer. As with Garone's sordid and grainy, grainy little outings, this dreary and gritty little exercise in bad taste concerns one Lieutenant Kraust, 
the obligatory beautiful but venomous female Nazi officer, whose experiments with her wonder drug Debrexina will result in a hormone mutation enabling her to create an Aryan race that was Hitler's dream. The opening scene has two stone-faced German guards drag a struggling and naked peasant girl into Kraust's claustrophobic experiment room. Let me introduce you to a moment of intense pleasure, quips Kraust. The camera pans the cheap set, finally focusing on a filmy cage in the corner of the room. Inside the cage is Kraust's latest creation. Uh, and you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to read any more of that. I will let you read it if you want to. Suffice to say, it is rather funny to me that back in the 70s, you could almost sort of get away with making something that is that distasteful. I guess in the the age of political correctness had not come around yet, and even in the late 80s, you could still talk about this sort of thing without uh, having to give it too many disclaimers. Now, as far as the review goes, as far as who would probably like this sort of thing, well, obviously, if you are a horror fan, especially if you're into the more extreme gore, you'll probably like this. There will probably be a few little cinematic gems in here that you haven't heard of, so it, like I said, if you're into this sort of thing, you'll obviously like this, but the other thing I would recommend it for is going back to the beginning of the review. I would say that raw virus is a reminder that all it really takes if you want to get your voice out there is a little bit of grit. So if you have a blog that you've wanted to start and you just haven't really been able to get around to doing it, raw virus for me is a great little inspiration, if you will. Here's this random kid in England who wanted to write about horror movies. So he started writing about horror movies and he started putting it out there. And it certainly didn't have to be perfect. In many cases, it's not even all that good. But he did what he wanted to do and he got it going all on his own and with probably very little help. So if you're sitting there listening to this and you have an idea, well, what the hell is stopping you? You have no excuse. Hell, this thing I'm recording now will probably get about 30 views on BitChute. It might get one view on YouTube. It'll maybe get five on the podcast. But everyone has to start somewhere and every great thing started pretty small for the most part. So anyway, thank you as always to listening uh, for listening. I always appreciate it. Um, I will be back soon with another review. And uh, today is hump day, so I hope you all are having a good week. And I will talk to you soon. All right. Goodbye.